shall approach the crowd, whether or not they are armed, and order the crowd to disperse in the name of the Commonwealth. Hey, welcome to Whiskey, Lead, and Steel, Feelings Hurt While You Wait, the official podcast of Aggressive Defensive Solutions. I'm Rick Sutton. Joining me on the podcast today is Mac McLucky. Um, and so we'll get right into it today. Um, so Mac and I were both Virginia Beach police officers together. Uh, I spent about 30 years there. Mac spent considerably longer. I did. And um, during that time, we were both involved in serious operations in various parts of the city uh, that nowadays, <clears throat> uh, if people use the term riot, uh, we're involved in riots. But I believe, if memory serves me correctly, you have the distinction of being the supervisor <coughs> with the most on-scene time in riots with Virginia Beach beating. I believe that to be true. Okay. So, what we want to talk about are, you know, lessons learned as a result of what we did and, and what we did not do um, organizationally and individually okay. uh, in riots. Um, and I bring that up because it hasn't happened a li- in a uh, couple, of, couple of months at least, but there for a while it seemed like everywhere you went in, in America there were riots happening. And uh, I've had plenty of students who said, well, if I find myself in the midst of a riot, what should I do? Um, so... With your experience, I, I don't have any near the amount of experience that you have on this one, although I've been in a few of them. Um, what are some of the commonalities as a result of a riot, and what are some of the best ways to, to extricate yourself if you can? So I've been in nine riots, seven as a cop, one as a rioter, and one as a bystander. Nice. <laughs> um, there is always alcohol involved in the crowd. Nice. X percent. The, the one I was in as a rioter, uh, we had been drinking. Mm-hmm. And we were young and stupid. Yeah. Which is another common denominator. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, <clears throat> as a civilian, if you see a riot, leave. If, if you're at... A demonstration. Mm-hmm. A nice, peaceful demonstration. We love dandelions. And some radical people start doing radical things. Mm-hmm. Leave now. Yeah. Yeah. Leave right now, turn around and leave. They're not part of your demonstration. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and you're going to get sucked in, or you're going to be an innocent bystander. And there's no need for that. Uh, people forget that the laws about the riot are very, very simple. Yeah. Uh, you go to Virginia state law, but this is the definition of an unlawful assembly. This is the definition of a riot. This is the definition of a mob. It's all laid down in black and white law. Mm-hmm. Now, also in the law, very specific. In the event of an unlawful assembly or a riot, <clears throat> the head of law enforcement, the, the head of the premier law enforcement agency, the sheriff's department, or the police department, yeah, depending on where you are, shall approach the crowd. Under the law, shall means absolutely mandated you have to do this. Yeah. No, shall no. approach the crowd whether or not they are armed. 
and order the crowd to disperse in the name of the commonwealth and give them time to do so. And if they do not, if they fail to disperse, he will use whatever force is necessary to quell the riot. And he is authorized to call out to militia. And he's authorized to convene a posse. Yep. He could walk into the bar down the street. All right, all you people, I hereby decree you to be the posse and come out here and help me quell the riot. Yep. <clears throat> now, when I started in the blunderbuss days, <laughs> <clears throat> we were taught to and had to qualify. We were taught to skip shoot 12 gauge buckshot yep. off of the concrete into your shins mm -hmm. if you refused to leave the riot. Yeah. So the first step would be we would read you the riot act. And it actually, there's specifications. You have to say these things to the rioters in order you, in the name of the uh, the Commonwealth to disperse. And back then, okay, you, you have 60 seconds to clear the, clear the street. And if they don't, give another warning. And if you don't, you fire a volley over their heads. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't clear them out, you skip shoot the buckshot into their shins. And if that doesn't work, you shoot into the crowd. Yeah. And there's a reason they call short barrel 12 gauge shotguns riot guns. That's why. Yeah. Now, the only proviso was the law at that time mandated that you warn the crowd before using lethal force. Mm -hmm. Which is considerably different than what it is today. <laughs> Industry standards and laws not aside, but that's, that's not exactly how it happens anymore. It's not, however... I'm not sure it's illegal. No, probably not. And the other thing I want to stress to anybody listening is that the law doesn't differentiate if you fail to clear the scene of the riot. If it's been declared a riot or unlawful assembly and you have been ordered to disperse, you is everybody who's not a cop or National Guard. Yep. I don't care what NGO you're with. I don't care if you're a reporter. Mm -hmm. Everybody has to leave. And if you don't, you're subject to physical arrest for failure to disperse a riot, remaining yeah. at the scene of a riot. Absolutely. And remaining at the scene of a riot while armed is a separate, different, more serious charge. Yep. Hold up thing under 18. <clears throat> so that, that gets back to this point. Um, and, and when you first started talking about this, people don't understand this. So we have decided that we're going to have a peaceful demonstration about whatever it is. And so the peaceful, peaceful people go and they get their permit and they get their organization. They get their paperwork from the city that says you can be on this street from this corner to this corner, this time to this time. Not allowed to be in a roadway. Here's all the things you can't do. You can't obstruct the sidewalk. You can't uh, break up free passage. We all know about all that. So you get out there and you start doing your, your protest in protest of whatever it is. And you're peaceable and everything's okay. And, and you've talked to the media and you've talked to the cops and nobody's having any heartburn. And then 10 jack wagons show up and they want to counter protest your protest or they want to hijack your protest because they see the media's there. So they get there and they start getting squirrely and then it starts to get violent. Well, here's the deal. 
As Lee Curling is fond of saying, just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do it. When a bunch of jackasses show up and turn your peaceful protest into a shouting fest or a fist fight that is roving up and down the street, it has ceased to be your peaceful protest. Correct. At that point in time, just leave. Because at that stage of the game, your message didn't gotten out anyway. No. At that point in time, nobody's listening to you. What they're saying is, oh, look at these assholes who are fighting on the street. So leave. Because if you don't leave and this continues to go on, when the police show up and they declare it an unlawful assembly, they read the riot act, and I have seen that happen. Yep. It's pretty cool. Um, once that happens, like Max said, even if you have the permit that the city gave you in your hand, and you're exactly where the city said you're allowed to be to do your peaceful protest between this time and this time, and you're in that time frame, once the cops have said this is an unlawful assembly, you are now a rioter by virtue of being there. And then you are subject to whatever the fuck happens to you. And there is no easy way to say this, but if there's a fist fight and you decide to stay and meet in the fist fight, when the cops roll through and knock people down and you get knocked down, that's on you. Um, that's one of the things that I saw when I was at Mounted. You know, one of the things that one of our primary functions in Mounted when I was there was if there was a problem, whatever it was, uh, fight, in, fight in front of a bar or an unlawful assembly, College Beach Weekend comes yep. to mind, um, we would tell you to move and we would bring a phalanx of horses through with a group of ground, ground support officers behind and if you didn't get out of the way, oh, you got moved. And, you know, me and 1,200 pounds worth of horse times six, you're moving. However, however, God help you if you punch the horse. Yes. Because I think it's Chris Rock put it. The cops are being an ass whipping with them when they catch you. Quick story about a guy, you know, and the, well, I don't know that the, uh, the statute of limitations is, is effective on this or not. This is right before I got hired. Um, but I knew this cause I was running not full cop. So a friend of ours, Bobby Batten, BB as he was known. So BB arrests this guy on Atlantic Avenue for being a drunk disorderly jackass back in the old days. And the guy punches BB's horse. And BB delivers to him a righteous a righteous retribution. Good. And then takes him back to the old precinct, 319 18th Street, processes him, throws him in the bullpen. And the bullpen at the old second precinct was literally a 20 by 20 cinder block room with a cage wall on one side and everything else was cinder block. It smelled of urine. Yes, urine and desperation. Yes. And it's a Friday night, so there's about eh, 20 people in there. So Bobby puts the guy in there and the guy makes some noise about, yeah, it wasn't right that you punched me. And Bobby said, well, you shouldn't have punched my horse, asshole. Or words to the fact, I'm paraphrasing, based on my knowledge of Bobby Pat. So Bobby throws the guy in the bullpen, locks him up, gets on his horse and rides down the street. Bobby says he's not even all the way down to Atlantic Avenue from Arctic, which mm -hmm. is only three blocks yet, when he hears, all available units, signal 13, Darnybrook in the bullpen. So everybody in the world converges on the old second precinct, and they get there, and apparently what happened was, 
as Bobby was leaving, one of the guys in the bullpen said, you punch what do you horse? mean about you punched that horse? <laughs> yeah, I punched that guy's fucking police horse. Well, if you kick a police dog, you have earned street cat. But apparently if you punch a police horse, all of the people who are under arrest will happily beat the shit out of you because at the end of the day, we all love John Wayne. <laughs> so yeah, um, on more than one occasion, when, when Joel and I were riding at the oceanfront, people would go, hey man, what happened if I slapped that horse? Say, well, when they released you from the hospital, there'd be a warrant for your arrest. What do you mean by that? You're a bright young man. You figure that shit out. But yeah, um, so obviously if you're a civilian and you're anywhere near the riot and you see the riot. Leave. Leave. Leave right now. Turn around and leave. Your business, your house is insured. Right? If you think you're going to wade through the riot to get to your business to save anything other than a living creature. It's not going to work out, is it? No, it's not. I have had business owners come to me at the end of the night after the riot. It's like, Sarge, I'm so glad it's finally over. I can let the staff go home. What do you mean? Man, once this thing started, we locked all the doors and we hid in the back with the lights out. I wouldn't let the girls, I wouldn't even let the bartenders out to go to their cars a block and a half away because it wasn't safe and they were right. Yep. Yep. You know, you're looking at <clears throat> some of the riots that we had down there with thousands of employees. Yeah. Thousands. Locked, locked in. Yeah, 88. Yeah. Yeah, so so the riot of 88, now, were you in SWAT in 88? I was not in SWAT in 88. Okay. So in 88, because in 89 I went for the work at the sheriff's office. 88, I was working private security at, was the Comfort Inn at 21st and Atlantic mm -hmm. next to the Holiday Inn? Yeah. So I'm working there, and uh, I worked Friday night, got off at 4 o'clock in the morning, went home, came back Saturday night at like 6 o'clock, so it wasn't dark yet. So I hadn't gotten back yet. And uh, so then Saturday night, watching everything boil. Everything's getting worse and it's getting worse. And they're throwing shit off of balconies and they're burning shit. It's just getting crazy. And I guess about 10.30, just a wave of humanity out on the street. They're blocking Atlantic Avenue. Nobody can move. And uh, by that time, the manager of the hotel said, lock all the doors. Yep. We're all coming in. Screw it, we're closed for business. So I'm standing in the doorway, watching the doors, and uh, I see the crowd coming, and I see them throwing shit. And I look, and here comes the mounted patrol in a wedge formation, mm -hmm. right down the middle of Atlantic Avenue, splitting the crowd. And I watch this guy pick up a bottle and throw it. And it doesn't hit the officer, but it slides past the officer and bangs the horse next to him. Not in the head or anything yeah. like that. Well, of course, the officer he almost hit was my mom. Mm -hmm. And the horse that he hit was being ridden by a friend of mine. <laughs> right? And I watched the guy scamper back here and lean down to pick up another bottle and chuck it. And that didn't happen. 
because somehow before he could throw the bottle, he found himself unconscious in the gutter. Oh, ass. Miracle. Mysteries. Never figured it out to this day. And then Mount Patrol rode by, and then somebody dragged him off into the street. And that that left an impression in me. I was, you know, 88, I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a jarhead. I was a Marine Reservist. Well, then the next year, I was the Chesapeake Deputy Sheriff. On loan. Yeah, you got called into a big one. Yeah. And then in 90, I was a police recruit. Finished walking beats. Um, yeah, and then 91, we locked out. And then 92, it got nasty again. And then, of course... Um, the college beach weekends when they decided to change the weekends. I yes. was there. Um, I was mounted at the time, and in one evening, Joe Line rode to the scene of three different shootings that yes. occurred. Right there. Yep. I mean, as a matter of fact, one of them happened. We were um, the guy who got shot at the custard stand there at 17th and Atlantic. Mm-hmm. We were literally in the intersection of 17th Atlantic. Right. Right. So <clears throat> not everybody there was trying to set fire or destroy anything. But the point of the matter was, at the end of the day, all this shit broke loose. And even if it's, what, 10%, if 10% of the crowd is the problem, 100% of the crowd is going to catch the blame. And 100% of the crowd is going to be arrested. At, yeah, or at least at yeah. risk. But yeah. Let's go back to a couple of things you, yeah. you mentioned. <clears throat> if it's reached the point where anybody is throwing bottles or setting fire, <clears throat> setting fires or trying to overturn the ambulance, mm-hmm. okay, it's way past time to leave. Yeah. Okay, as if you can't see the pavement anymore because of the press of people, it's time to leave. Yeah. And you don't go with the crowd, and you don't go against the crowd. Go sideways, like a rip current. Like a rip current, uh, because at the worst, the worst, worst of the riots was never more than two blocks wide. Nope. It may have been twenty-five blocks long, but it was yeah. never more than two blocks wide. Yeah. You should be able to get out of that. Yeah. Uh, and like you mentioned in your your earlier scenarios, if you're there for the peaceful demonstration, and strangers show up. And they're either trying to hijack it, which means you're going to get the bad rep, mm-hmm. or counter-protest, and as far as you know, they don't have the permits, and you do, A, leave. Yeah. B, if you're a permitted organizer, at that, that moment, go to the nearby cop and say, those people are not part of us, mm-hmm. and or those people are the other side, and we have a permit and they don't. Yep. And if it doesn't work, leave. Absolutely. You know, it's like, <clears throat> so at what point in the theater fire should I leave? Uh, as soon as there's the first clue, there's a theater fire. Exactly. I smell smoke. Out of here. Yep, I'm good. Unless you had a throwback from when you were a kid, because you used to be able to smoke at theaters. Yes, yes, one did. Yes. And you, kill, you still can yell uh, fire in a crowded theater. If there is a fire. Well, yeah. They always forget that part. So. <laughs> True. Uh, leave. Find a safe place. You know, get inside a building. Uh, you know what's not going to be locked? Post office. Yeah. 
uh, it's going to be full of homeless people. Yeah, probably. But it, the door won't be locked. So don't stay if it if it looks riotish. In your opinion, it's already a riot. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah, you know, as Lee Kirkman fond of saying, the best way to be successful in a gunfight is find out when and where the gunfight's going to be, and don't be there. There it is. Yeah, if it so, if it looks like it's getting squirrely, shut it down. Any uh, rocks, bottles, bombs, or alibis before we go? Be safe out there. Absolutely. Well, um, thanks for joining us. Hope you found this entertaining and amusing and educational. Be safe. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next time. And if we didn't hurt your feelings, um, we'll try to do better. Take care. And the other thing I want to stress to anybody listening is that the law doesn't differentiate if you fail to clear the scene of the riot. If it's been declared a riot or unlawful assembly, if you have been ordered to disperse, you is everybody who's not a cop or National Guard. Yep. 